Since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, global health systems have been challenged like never before. As time and resources were directed towards responding to the virus, it was the dedication of healthcare workers that kept services running. Amongst the uncertainty, our hardworking Queensland clinicians have continued their pursuit of excellence, innovating and adapting the way they work to ensure consumers always receive the best care possible. To them, the pandemic was an opportunity to learn and grow and to ensure healthcare delivery continues to evolve to the ever-changing landscape. Because if we've learned anything from the last two years, it is that things will always change and our clinicians will always rise to the occasion. Everyone knows that staff that feel valued, engaged and looked after lead to better outcomes. While I won't read you a dissertation on the magical power of discretionary effort, caring for our staff will always lead to better outcomes for consumers. And during COVID, these projects rose to the occasion, supporting their staff through the increased pressure and adapted the way staff could access these services. large project that we conducted last year from March 2020 to December 2020 during the beginning of the first wave of the pandemic. Although when I was looking at my slides last night in a pandemic, a day feels like a week and a week feels like a lifetime ago, although this was really only just last year. There was no funding for this project, so all of the research was done in kind. And as part of a, a large project, there were actually three arms to it. They were all mixed methods. The first arm was a mixed methods analysis of the psychosocial impact from doctors to the entire workforce team through to our ancillary staff. The second part of this large umbrella project was a mixed methods analysis of our clinical trials research experience at the Royal Brisbane and Women's Hospital at Metro North during the pandemic. And the third part of our research project was really looking at the impact of moving so quickly overnight to virtual multidisciplinary team meetings in oncology and the impact it had not only on the doctors and the nursing staff, but also on our administrative staff, allied health and all health professionals. For this afternoon's talk, I'm going to be presenting data on the first part of our project, which is the psychosocial impact of COVID-19 on a diverse Australian oncology workforce from doctors to ancillary staff. We all know that in a pandemic, the potential moral hazards for patient-facing oncology staff are akin to an armed conflict, and that includes rationalizing care. We also know that the published literature to date focuses really on doctors or nursing staff, but neglects the other part of our workforce, which is our ancillary staff, such as the coffee cart worker who shows up so we can buy sandwiches and have coffee, our administrative staff in oncology outpatients who have patient-facing roles so that we can ask them to book a patient appointment in outpatients through their system. We know that they form essential part of care delivery, such as the cleaners who come in every day, or the food delivery services who come in to help us and our patients get through the pandemic. However, there is very little to nil literature based on their distress. 
We actually conceptualized this entire project based on our own personal experiences and what we were all going through as a huge cancer care workforce team at the beginning of the pandemic. And this included keeping a diary of all the communications and the events by us as the investigators. And as we know, in the beginning of the pandemic, the events that were happening were changing every hour. The emails that we were getting were multiple per hour. And for doctors or academic staff like myself, they range from the local level about the clinic bookings, the departmental level about inpatients and who can come to visit, to a hospital level about which staff door you can enter through, and going on to a national level from the Australian Medical Association sending us emails and updates, to APRA, moving on to clinical trials as in communications as a PI from the industry partner or other sites about the particular trial that was changing and the rules that were changing about monitoring, moving up to international collaborative trials groups, sending us communications, and also moving even further up to the academic world, having all of these communications from journals or global trial sponsors. And these were actually really happening through the hour. We felt that this was adding on to all of our stresses, so we kept a diary of all of these events. Together with that, we launched a prospective, voluntary, longitudinal, non-interventional online survey to all of our cancer care workforce staff. So we wanted the results and the answers to be totally anonymous. We decided that we would not make it longitudinal following up any individual person, but we would make all of the results presented in aggregate anonymous. These were self-administered, and at the end of the week on a Friday, we would send out an email to all cancer care staff, and they would do the survey online. We had 12 time points over 18 weeks at the beginning of the first wave to recovery to the beginning to the end of the second wave. In this survey, we had two types of questions. The first type of questions were under specific domains, and they were quantitative data, where staff could click on a Likert scale. But together with this, we wanted to have very rich data emerging about what staff were really going through. Therefore, we added free text, where staff would enter what was happening to them in their family life and also at work with free text boxes, and with them, we decided to do a qualitative analysis using the framework method and match these and correlate them to the quantitative data at these specific time points of 18 weeks. This was done as a collaboration between Metro North, the Royal Brisbane Women's Hospital, US, and the Sunshine Coast Hospital and Health Service. And these are the results. There were 12 surveys, and we moved very quickly to get through to ethics. As we all know, the pandemic was declared in March. We went through ethics with all of our proposals and we were able to launch our first online survey on the 3rd of April. We were able to capture the first lockdown, the lockdown easing, and the second lockdown. And altogether, in aggregate, between two hospitals and all the work staff, work staff we received 993 individual responses. So if we look at the left-hand bar graph, we can see that the bulk of the respondents in yellow were the nursing staff. Blue represents the doctors. Gray represents the admin staff. Red, the allied health staff. And in light blue, the ancillary staff. 
What we can see throughout the different time points is that we were pretty consistent in the proportion of the professional staff that were responding. We were able to capture ancillary staff and we were also mindful that a lot of the ancillary staff were contractual workers. When we looked at the location of where these staff worked, again, looking at the location bar graph, in yellow, this represents staff who worked mainly in outpatient clinics, and this was the majority. Gray represents those who worked in inpatient wards, and red, a combination of both inpatient and outpatient. The top blue line represents community-based workers, and the bottom blue represents all areas. The questions that we asked after each week or fortnight really focused on the domains of yourself, the patients, your critical needs, and the hospital departments. So we asked staff, how well did you feel supported at work this week? And as we look at all of these graphs, you can actually see the waves. When we asked staff how much they felt supported, we can see that the red bar represents that staff felt that they were supported most of the time. However, if we look at the top part of the graphs, there was actually still a significant number of staff who felt that they were not supported, not at all, or seldom. And you could also see the responses changing as the wave hit, recovered with the second wave again. When you look at the question of whether or not staff felt that the patients were supported on the other hand, you can see that it's quite striking that most of the time, staff felt that the patients were very well supported, and there were very little responses that felt that patients were not supported, not at all, or seldom. When we looked at staff as to whether or not they were able to attend their own critical personal needs, and this included needs such as looking after your own elderly parents, or trying to decide whether or not to send your children to school, do you come to work, do you send your children to school, do you actually do your own grocery shopping, when we look at that again, we can see the wave. So staff felt that most of the time they were able to, but again, if you look at the top part of the graphs, there's quite a significant blue and yellow colors there, representing that there were still a number of staff who were actually not at all or very seldom able to attend their own critical personal needs. So what do these three graphs tell us? The message that shines through is that the cancer care workforce felt that the patients were priority, they were very well supported, which is good, and even if they were not supported as staff or they couldn't attend to their own personal critical needs, you can see that throughout the 18 weeks, they still felt that the patients were very well supported. On the bottom, we look at how well prepared was the cancer care department for this week's developments. And as we all know, the changes were very rapid each week. So again, we can see that staff felt that cancer care was well prepared most of the time, representing red, all of the time in blue, with a little bit of not at all and seldom. We then moved on to the number of queries that everyone was getting from our surroundings. And again, we did this out of personal experience because we felt that we were getting queries from everyone around us. So the first graph 
looks at the queries that staff were getting from patients, carers, and their families, and this might be through an email, a telephone call, via the cancer care coordinator, via the departmental secretary. So again, if you look at the wave, the blue represents less than 25, but as the first wave hit, you could see there was quite a significant number of answers saying that they were getting 26 to 50 additional queries from patients and carers and families for that week. It went down and it came back up again as the second wave hit. And if we think of our day-to-day -day workload and our weekly workload, to get an additional of even 25 more queries from patients and carers and families, that's actually a significant bulk of physical and mental workload for staff. When we look at the amount of queries that we as staff were getting from other staff, again, you can see that there was quite a significant number of people who were getting 25 or 26 to 50 queries as well. And these would be from other staff, which might be in your own department or might be in other hospitals that you also go across to work in. The bottom left looks at the number of queries we were getting from personal family and friends in the community. And this was through a text message, it could be through social media, it could be through an email, a telephone call, or somebody who asked you something in your neighborhood. And again, we can see the amount of queries that we were getting, although this was all hidden in our daily workload as we came to work. But collectively, if we think of all of those three together, those were the number of aggregate queries that we were getting day to day, week by week, from our environment. So then we asked staff, did you feel equipped to answer these questions? We could see that staff said in the red bar, quite often they did feel equipped, sometimes in the gray bar, and on the top bar, there were some people who said rarely or almost never. We used the NCCN distress thermometer with a scale of 0 to 10 over the 18-week time point to ask staff to grade how distressed they were feeling during that week. And of note, in the first six weeks, we launched the survey every week because the stress was phenomenal, as we all remember. As we moved on and we went into recovery and before the second wave, we spaced it out a little bit to every two weeks because we didn't want to have survey fatigue. And you can see again the wave as we go with the NCCN distress scale, high at the beginning, going down in the middle, and going back up again as we hit the second wave. For the qualitative analysis, we felt that this was really very rich, and this is really where the messages just came through. There were four main themes that emerged from our study. The first theme was strategies for protection. Who do you protect? Do you protect yourself first? Do you protect your family? Do you protect the patients, your colleagues? So amongst them, the sub-themes were, for example, self-isolation, where staff would actually enter, that they just won't go to their parents' house for the Easter break because they're worried that they're going to give COVID to the family members. Using PPE, protecting patients, families, and each other. And like I mentioned before, whether or not you would send your children to school as a healthcare worker. The second theme that emerged was navigating rules and keeping up. And the rules were evolving. There was a flux of rules that kept on changing, as we all know, and we had to navigate these and try to keep up. And amongst this heading was the sub-theme of compliance, the exceptions, exceptions to these rules, conflict and complex decision fatigue, 
So for example, there was a reply or an answer that was sent in and the respondent said that they were a high-ranking nursing staff and throughout their entire nursing career, they had never had to make so many complex decisions with conflict multiple times in a single hour in their entire nursing career. The third theme was tempered optimism. People were optimistic that things were going to get better, but this was tempered. We all acknowledge that what we're going through is grief. And there were strategies for coping, checking in on each other, making sure that your colleague was okay. And quite importantly, there was a lot of pride, pride in one's place. And the pride from the staff was not just working within these hospitals, the Royal Wisdom and the Sunshine Coast, or working within Queensland Health, but the pride of being in an environment, in a system where we knew that we were protected, we knew that we were going to do the right thing, have the right decisions made, and also the pride of being in Australia as we watch the global numbers compared to where we were in Queensland, in Australia. The fourth theme was framing the new normal. We're here, this is our new normal now. New technology and uncertainty. And to finish, I just wanna put up a few quotes from the ancillary staff. Honestly, it's been a tough week. I work in the cancer care coffee cart and obviously sales have dropped. I'm still okay to operate, but I've had to watch the cafe at the front of the hospital close down, so quite a few of our casual staff have no hours, which saddens me. We work in radiation oncology, and although half our department can work from home, they are not allowing it. I'm on treatment, so can't work from home, but we are also not wearing PPE, as there isn't enough. We are in very close proximity to patients for longer than 15 minutes. I come home to two children, one and two-year-old, and I'm petrified about spreading something. Inconsistencies between what we see on news, read from WHO, CDC, etc., to what happens in department, no follow-up discussions. I've had to have many difficult discussions with patients, families about stopping treatment, or about the fact that as resources fall, they have to be delayed, cancelled, based on the statewide clinical triage. Despite all of these rapid adaptation to system changes, there was really the staff sense of connectedness that permeated through and had the greatest influence on these reflections and underpinned the humanistic aspects of their responses. And the message was that we are all in this together and it's apparent that we are much more adaptable to change than we give ourselves credit for. And with that, I'd like to end my talk. Thank you very much to my entire research staff who participated. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast and taking the time to learn about the wonderful work of Queensland's frontline clinicians. To continue the conversation, head on over to Facebook and let us know of any pockets of excellence you think deserve to be showcased. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Clinical Excellence Queensland.